Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. We are back for another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Jason Campbell and yours truly, Taylor Davis, here to break down everything surrounding Auburn athletics. And it's a big week because we're going to see some football in Jordan-Hare come Saturday, people. The spring game is upon us. So Jay and I are going to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to seeing, maybe some storylines for you guys to be looking for as the Tigers take the field for the always enjoyable A-Day. Uh, we hope a lot of our listeners are going to get the chance to go down there and hopefully pack Jordan-Hare to uh, capacity that we've seen it be at for spring spring games in the past so looking forward to it our man jkm is going to be on site unfortunately i'm going to be covering unc's spring games i'll be in chapel hill but you know where my heart is it's always on the plains so i hope everyone has a good time going down there we're going to talk all about some storylines around that but first a word from our sponsor bet online like we tell you every week bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs sports info and odds Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Happy opening day, everybody. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so go ahead and join today. Head on over to betonline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and they're going to give a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get started, learn why everyone is saying that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games bet online where the game starts without further ado, let's welcome in my favorite co-host, the one and only Jason Campbell. Jay, you eager to get down there and see some football, my guy? Well, I guess after, you know, watching the final four, <laughs> you know, what a great <laughs> weekend and you know somebody got to experience it in person, you know, not everybody Dang is just right. privileged <laughs> to have that opportunity. So, you know, most of us have to sit at home and watch it on our TV, which yeah. is fine, which is fine. I can get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> when I need to. I can yeah, I can take a nap here every, every now and then for two minutes and then, uh, you know, oh, grab some food. So, but 
for the greatest experience, Taylor Beth Davis got to experience. Mm. But for me, though, I am excited about seeing some football. I haven't seen football all spring. Um, yeah. You know, just a lot been going on and a lot of things you have to do personally to take care of yourself first. And then yeah. um, so and it's been very quiet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. during this whole process, it's been a quiet time. And, you know, for the Auburn football team and we do know there are a lot of guys that haven't been able to practice uh, this yeah. spring and participate. So. But to me, spring game are always just, uh, it's almost like an appetizer. I and knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, you I know, literally knew it. Yeah, it's not like you're about to get the full course meal. Yeah. You know, you're just going to get a taste of a, a, just a little bit. And that's what we're going to see on Saturday. But the excitement is going to be surrounded by, around the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this year, you have a couple of guys vying for the job. TJ, uh, Calzada, who's still injured right now, but just participating in a few little drills here and there. Then mm-hmm. you have... Robbie Ashford, and then you have um, the Garner kid, the high school kid, and everything. And then Demetrius Davis was put in the transfer portal. and But we've yet to see if he's really declaring himself to still transfer. So that's a lot going on. And only one football and so many guys to decide between. But I just think in the spring game, what you can look for from the quarterback standpoint is basically just how to get in and out of the huddle. Uh, no, no false starts on offense, you know, to make sure guys are getting off the ball at, on, at, at the right time. And, you know, the chemistry between the receivers that are practicing and the quarterbacks, you know, what mm-hmm. do the routes look like? You know, how, how is the ball coming out of the quarterback's hands? Are they late? Are they on time? Uh, are they accurate? Because you're not going to really be able to judge a lot of the movement per se because they can't get sacked or tackled in the spring game. And everyone wants to really see what Robbie Ashford brings to the table from that standpoint because he is so athletic and he was at Hoover and, and transferred from Oregon. So people want to see what he brings to the table as well. So there's a lot of moving parts. And uh, and I would say next is finding out who's going to catch the ball. <laughs> so, you right. know, we know Shedder Jackson is coming back. We know Javaris Johnson's coming back. He's not practicing this spring, though. But and, and Capers, you know, there are some guys out there and, and there are some guys with some speed um, that people have yet to see that, I, that I've heard about. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast, just getting closer to spring ball, that A-Day, you, you can't take it for law you know what I mean you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt a little bit but there are individual roles that you can see major potential major growth you can even compare some things to improvement from last year things like that so I think it gives you an insight but it doesn't tell the whole story and for this year in particular like you alluded to there are several guys not participating right now still some lingering injuries a lot of guys limited and again keep in mind Auburn's policy around spring ball is not to give official injury reports. So anything, you know, yes, we're aware of guys that aren't practicing, but we don't know full university report on their status, on their injury, things like that. So not going to speculate, but we can speak about guys that are still limited, like Zach Calzada coming off that shoulder injury. We know Jarquez Hunter is not playing right now. He actually posted a photo on social media of him on crutches with a brace on his knee. So we know he's not playing right now. A lot of veterans on the offensive line, Owen Papo. So pieces that you know are going to be impactful come fall, heck, even summer, aren't there right now. So everyone has to keep a proper perspective on spring ball and just take the good, but not get too frazzled by the bad, because this is not an accurate representation 
of the team that's going to take the field. But obviously all eyes are going to be on the offensive side of the ball, right? I mean, coming off last year where all that movement and all that, you know, up and down was, and now you add in the quarterback controversy that is way different than what we've had in the past several years. Now it has been bumped down to four guys instead of five with the transfer of Demetrius Davis. But I think Jay, I think for spring, spring game for a day, I don't think it's going to be evaluation of four. I think it's actually going to be evaluation of two. And I'm talking about TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. I think obviously because of the shoulder injury for Zach Calzada, we may see him out there a little bit, but I really don't think he's going to be out there much. And I think for Holden Garner, even though he is on campus early, he's still a true freshman, very much learning the system, learning the place, learning the people. I think summer is when Holden and Calzada become real factors. I think this spring game is really an opportunity for them to narrow the, uh, the, the focus a little bit and have tunnel vision on Finley's development, specifically in, you know, footwork, fundamentals, accuracy, see how those kinds of things have evolved. And then for Robbie, who is a very highly touted athlete, has a skill set that truthfully Auburn offenses have thrived with in seasons past, but didn't get to see the field much at Oregon. So I think this Saturday in particular, it's those two guys where, you know, a lot of eyes could and should be on, and then we'll work Holden and Calzada into the fold come summer. Right. You know, yes, that's exactly how it's going to happen. Like Calzada is, uh, you know, a guy, like, like I said, he came over from Texas A&M. Uh, people are kind of 50-50 on about who he is as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had a, the good game against Alabama, but he also had a lot of sputtering games when he was at Texas A&M. So, you know, and he's still a guy that's going to be a junior. So, you know, he was still a young quarterback considerably. So the, the chances of seeing him this spring, where we already knew was very little, and the opportunity for him to really grow is going to be over that summertime and going mm-hmm. into training camp. And all the hype is going to be around the quarterback situation come August. And, yeah. you know, it's going to be the talk of every day on TV and on in every newspaper until the first game. And then after the first game, it still will be taught because we don't play a superior opponent our first game. And it's, it's so, you know, those I I think both guys will obviously get a chance to play in that first regular season game, if not three guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, you know, sometimes games and, and quarterback positions are won in season because yep. it's hard to judge quarterbacks when no one can really hit them in practice and then right. you can't get hit in the spring game. So you don't know how they're going to react when it comes to eluding pressure or standing in there taking one one between the one between the chest when when you know you got a guy bearing down over the middle and you got to oh, stand yeah. in there and make that throw you don't see that until when a quarterback know he's not going to get hit taylor i promise you his mindset is totally different <laughs> <laughs> when he yeah. know his butt is live and he is there's a chance that he can get his grill rocked it, it, it plays a little bit of mind games with you right you watch any quarterback that ever played a game if they get hit often and early in a ball game it wrecks the rest of their whole game you're absolutely right so you got to find out which guy can stand in there and take those hits and get up and not let it affect them and we won't know that until the fall absolutely so i think with things like accuracy and fundamentals you really get the opportunities to see that because that 
you know, it's a bit more calm. It's a, it's a bit more time to kind of hone in on those things. Um, and it gives the wide receivers an opportunity to really kind of establish their presence as well. I know I said this a few weeks ago. I remember a couple of days back when, you know, we were kind of un, unsure who our big guy was going to be. And Seth really showed out. There were so many long completions to Seth that were put on social media. There was all this hype put out about him. And so we kind of saw who was going to be that big, big threat. And he became that, obviously. So I think the wide receivers should know that this is a great almost audition for them because of the, the state that that position room is in right now in needing that guy and needing to see some of them you know, knock into that next gear. This is a chance to show that in front of a, a, a large crowd. You know, it's the first time that you are going to be in front of a, a stadium that hopefully will have a, a pretty good crowd. So um, for wide receivers, like you've rattled some off, Zebion Capers, Tarvis Dawson, Amari Kelly, Shedrick Jackson. When Harson was asked about the wide receiver room, he actually said Malcolm Johnson. Uh, that was the first name that that he mentioned who's making strides. And then obviously the tight ends who we've, you know, started utilizing a good deal last year. Don't really know what Landon King's role is going to be. He's kind of been referred to as a, a hybrid right now. Um, but I think specifically that wide receiver group, they need to just show that that prowess that you need that that dog you know what I mean that that guy that's kind of got that alpha mentality in that room right. and I'm I'm ready to see one of them kind of emerge and I think a day is is at least a, a time that you can turn heads a little bit um, well you mentioned Malcolm Johnson like yeah. you know this guy is fast yeah and uh you know we thought we would see more of him last year uh, but we didn't. So this presents a great opportunity. Now the fact that Kobe Hudson has, has gone, yep. uh, it opens up another opportunity in another spot. So, you know, this can be a guy that can really step into a role and be that hidden secret that Auburn uh, didn't know that they had. And uh, you mentioned Landon King. Yes. Landon King is a hybrid, but I think he's going to be more in a role towards the receiver position. And what okay. I mean by that is he's going to be more of a stand-up slot type receiver at the, that they're able to use and, uh, and not just be down in a three-point stance or two-point stance on the line of scrimmage as much. I think you have that in Shanker. You have that, you know, in the from kid. Uh, so you have those two guys for that. But I think Landon King, because of his, his athletic ability, will be split out more into the slot and uh, being able to try to create matchups on linebackers and safeties. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it certainly would add some some versatility to our offense. And then obviously the running back room. Uh, like I said, we're not really going to see much of, of Jarquez, but I think it goes without saying that this offense for where it is right now and, and the approach of, you know, this coaching staff seemingly – is that this thing's going to run through tank. And I don't know if that was decided upon back when conversations were had about his future with the program and, and when he was considering transferring. Um, I don't know if it's the confusion, not confusion, but the, uh, um, the, the questions still present at the quarterback position. But I've been hearing from the little bit that media is available to attend spring ball that um, obviously he's getting a, a lot of the reps, a lot of between the tackles, but they're also, you know, sending him outside, having these QBs hit him out in space. So I think that they're, I think they're going to branch out with how they use tank. I think that, um, barring any injury tank has to be the key to this thing, but the only way that it works is if everyone's on the same page, you know, you can have 
I'm sure you've been, I mean, Jay, you've, you were a great, you've played with other greats and everyone, you know, you can know that you've got some, a special talent on your team. You can, everyone can know that there's, you know, that athlete who's, who's fantastic. And and you want to make sure that um, they're a, a key piece to it, but mentality still has to be team. You know what I mean? Talk to me a little bit about that, because I think where tanks, athleticism and ability is certainly something that no one can overlook. You still have to be team minded and team oriented. No one guy can be bigger than the team. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like I've never been part of a team where one guy is, is pretty much the the main focus because anytime that that happens, this is not tennis. This is not uh, golf. Uh, You know, this is, this is, this is a team sport. Mm -hmm. And anytime you focus too much on one person, you can lose the sight of the rest of the football team. Exactly. And what happens if that one person, one person knock on wood, gets hurt? Mm-hmm. So your whole focus have been drilled around this one guy, and then all of a sudden he's not there, and you don't know how to adjust because you put all your eggs in one basket. So right. I think with the talent that we have at the running back position, I think Tank is a, you know, 18 to, you know, maybe 20 carry guy game, but I also think Hunter is a 10 to 12 guy carry a game. And Mm -hmm. I think you need to have that balance. Like, I just don't think you ride him for 25 and 30 carries. Like, this is a long season. And and especially when you have a guy like Hunter that's behind him. Like, Jacquez is a really, really good running back. And on most SEC schools, he would be a starter. So, you know, you have that guy's that second punch. Uh, I played with Ronnie and Cadillac. Mm -hmm. And it helped both of their careers by sharing the load. And, and especially at the next level, like it gave Ronnie a 10 year career. Lack yep. had seven, but he could have played more, but he had two, two knee surgeries on both on the same knee when he came back mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and everything. So, you know, and I, sometimes I tell myself, I said, I think a lot of that was because early in his career at Auburn, Tuberville ran the heck out of him. Yeah. And, and we didn't have to, and we shouldn't have had to, we had Ronnie, we had Cassinius Moore, we had other running backs that could touch the ball, but he wanted to ride lack as much as he could because he was explosive running back, but they didn't know what they had in running until Lack got hurt. Right. Like, it it right. shouldn't take to somebody get hurt before you to give other kids an opportunity. I was just yeah. like, and you know, unfortunately for Lack, he was still able to, like I said, win a rookie of the year and, and have a really good NFL career but his NFL career could have been prolonged if it not been for those 40 some carries in, in Georgia and Athens that year. Then, you know, another 30 some carries like the next week, like it wore him down and we didn't have to, but that's what they wanted to just do and everything. And me not understanding that as well. I'm like, dude, I came out of high school throwing a football as one of the top two quarterbacks in the nation. Like Mm -hmm. why am I handing the ball off so much, you know, like not from being selfish standpoint, but I'm just like, that affects my rhythm. Like where you run, 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 pass, run, run, run. Like that's not, that doesn't generate to your receivers. It doesn't generate to your whole offense. When you get great offensive minded coaches, they know how to spread the ball around to all the guys where it helps the defense. And ultimately it's going to help tank. So you can get, if you can get all the receivers involved, you can get the tight ends involved in the game where every time a guy comes in the huddle, they really don't know what play is going to be called because they know that any moment everybody can have a chance to touch the ball. Man, it makes everybody play harder and it right. makes everybody be in tune in the game. And even your star running back tank will be happy because the focus is not on him. He's not running against eight man bosses. He can get some seven man bosses. if They got to respect everything else. So, I hope they build a game plan around due to affect where the defense weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Not so much we're trying to please one person. 
Yes, 100%. And I think because also you become too one dimensional if everyone's laser focused mm-hmm. on that one guy, if that's the whole identity. So I think there has to be more, but I, I think he certainly can be, you know, a, a core aspect of it. And he is very versatile. So how, you know, new offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw and, and Coach Harson and Cadillac opt to uh, see him be utilized, uh, I think is certain, certainly something to keep an eye on. But at the end of last season, I mean, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the last four games of season, Jarquez did not have many carries, many yards at all, and we lost all four. And so I don't think that it's necessarily, uh, well, let, we're trying to see which one's the better. No, I think some of the best teams have a one-two punch at running back, especially with an offensive system like Auburn likes to run. So I think that it keeps you healthier. I think it keeps you more fresh and, uh, and you mix up defenses a little bit. So I want to see both of them come season, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if tank is a very heavy feature of this offense, just given what we know. So, um, and then offensive line, you know, I don't think that what we see on Saturday is going to be um, the rotation that we see come season. I really don't. Several of them are, are out, but I think it's good to kind of get an idea of what young guys are available and how they're developing because the reality of the offensive line is that you could end up shuffling a good bit during season. That is not uncommon in college football, just the wear and tear. And so if you've got some young guys that are ready and and have had a really productive spring, it benefits everybody. So across the board on the offensive side, man, there's, there's so much to, to look for and be excited about. Um, but certainly a lot of room for growth as well. So we'll key in on that, but then, you know, defensively, Jay, we, we know the big names we lost and, and this feels reminiscent of years past when you, you, you lose your superstars and, and you look around and go, okay, now what, but what Auburn has done defensively in terms of recruiting, in terms of fundamentals, teaching development, there are still a lot of dudes on that defensive side and, and hopefully it's just going to be their turn to, to become that big name. Yeah. We still have some players on that side of the ball. Uh, you think about it, you know, Jalen Simpson is a guy that I think can, can play the opposite side of a cricket uh, as our starting corner. And uh, I, I think if he can, if he can continue to develop, continue to grow, he gives us that opportunity on that other side to, to take over where Roger McCreary was. When you think about, the aspect of Kaufman, you know, coming in as a safety position, mm-hmm. trying to fill the void, trying to fill the void of, of two safeties that we lost in the, that's pretty much going to be in a draft. So how do you replace Smoke Monday? Yeah, and uh, I, I think Kaufman's a guy, he came over in a transfer, I mean, transfer role uh, a year ago. And, you know, I think he's found himself a position. And I think if he can continue to develop, uh, that helps our secondary a whole lot as well. Um, I would think the most important part still at this standpoint is our defensive line rotation Mm -hmm. and where are we going to go you know from a defensive line perspective but when you think about you know the guys you know getting Wooten and everything getting him healthy and and him being able to participate and and got Hall coming back for another year Mm -hmm. uh you know it adds experience that you cannot teach and it's the same system and I think that's the biggest thing these guys don't have to learn a whole new system right. uh, again. They can kind of feed off what happened last year and grow from it. And 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 that's the whole thing. How do we create pressure? If you're going to run a three-man front, 
how do you find ways to be creative from the blitzing standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know Owen will be back for the fall and, and he's going to be a catalyst for that defense. Uh, we understand when he was healthy, you know, he's one of our better players on defense and he's a guy that can go sideline to sideline. He can tackle, he can run with the running backs out of the backfield, he can cover in the passing game. And I think getting him back as your signal caller to kind of keep everyone and get everyone lined up, I think really, really opens the door uh, for what this defense can be. And so to me, I think that's going to be the strength of our team uh, defensively. Uh, Offensively, I think, you know, we'll be a a step in each progress game by game only because you don't know who your signal caller is going to be yet, you know? So yeah, we hear that TJ's kind of, you know, taking a step forward. We, Hearing that Robbie Ashford, you know, really looks, you know, lightning type quarterback dynamic, you know, can put you on your heels a little bit, uh, just continue to try to learn and develop and, and know the playbook. And, you know, everyone's high on the Gurner kid out of high school, like we talked about. And Calzada mm-hmm. is kind of like the only one that you hear a lot about, but we have yet to see. You know, I, I look at it this way. Sometimes quiet is good. You know, sometimes quiet is good. That means mm-hmm. guys have a lot to come out and prove this year. You know, when your back is against the wall, that's typically when you get your best performances. And I just feel like there's not a lot of hype around this football team. Uh, we've started the year off in chaos, and then you move it to you transition to the spring, and no one's really said much. Like right. no one's really said anything in the media wise. No one's really talking about anything. Nobody's really talking about, you know, how are guys recovering, how are guys healing from everything that happened. Like. And it's kind of good because the more that you can keep those things in-house and rather outside, mm-hmm. it limits distractions. And this team right now cannot afford to have major distractions. And I think right. they're doing all this on purpose so that he can get to the fall and just focus on games. I don't know if that's just because there's so little being said or being known or because it really doesn't feel like there's that guy. I mean, obviously everyone knows tank, but um, there, you don't feel like there's that star power on this team, maybe like that notable star power that everyone is like focused in on and wants to watch. But you know, what's interesting Jay and, and we'll segue into basketball a little bit. Um, Like you said, I was at the final four and watching Kansas they were very evenly talented, you know? I mean, like, obviously you can have your stars and they're going to shine, but Kansas really had this even five, six, seven guys that, that rotated so well and had such strength that suited each other well. And now they're national champions. So maybe it is better that there isn't that one big name that you're so laser focused in on because it allows everyone to work as a unit and and football is such a unit sport. I think it's just a little unknown right now. So I think that, you know, the more spring goes on, we'll get through the spring game, take what we can from it. But then comes summer, you know, I think there's still more moves that could happen in the transfer portal for all we know. And let's just face it, over the last two years, a lot of the hype has always been around Bo. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bo being the quarterback and, you know, what Bo's going to do this year. We're going to get freshman Bo. We're going to get, you know, or, you know, he regressed a little bit his sophomore year. What Bo going to do his junior year? And now all of a sudden he's not there. And now it's a, a lot of the focus is going towards tank, but there's not a lot to just circle around. Like you was just saying, who's all the hoopla going to be about. Yeah. And so, you know, it leaves us in this, in this, in this position. And I'm pretty sure all the listeners are like, well, 
we have this guy, we have that guy. And it's I'm like, look, we have guys. That's what you want. You want guys. You don't want a guy. You want guys because yeah. that's what's going to win you football games. A guy cannot beat another football team, but guys together can win a lot of football games. And yep. that's what we're hoping this team becomes. Completely agree with you. So a day will be Saturday at 1 p.m. Central. It will also be streaming on SEC Network Plus. If you're unable to be there, you can check it out um, via streaming service through ESPN. So make sure you check that out. If you are able to get down there, enjoy the heck out of it. It's always just a, a happy day and not as much pressure to it. So everyone <laughs> just go out and enjoy it. Um, but let's, let's talk about the final four a little bit, Jay. I mean, we talked about basketball season, obviously wish mm -hmm. our tigers could have been in it. Both of our brackets completely combusted Gonzaga, <laughs> Arizona did not happen. Final four, obviously being Villanova, Kansas and the highly anticipated UNC Duke in coach K's finale UNC coming up with the massive win Kansas pretty handily took care of Villanova and then the two faced each other in the championship for an unbelievable game the biggest comeback in NCAA championship history Jayhawks were down yeah. 15 at half and came away with a three-point victory at the end um, it was incredible honestly the final four as a whole the tournament as a whole so much excitement and crazy upsets, massive wins, the storylines that were in this one. I mean, it just, this tournament as a whole is going to be hard to top. My bracket will be easy to top, but the entertainment value was incredible. Oh my goodness. Like you just like, I, I felt this before the final, the last championship game. I say Kansas kind of got away with one on Saturday. Because mm -hmm. on Saturday, they Villanova had lost one of their star star players um, in the lead eight when he got hurt. So they didn't they didn't get the best Villanova team that they would have gotten fully loaded. And then so they got a chance to to, you know, kind of ride into the championship game, not exalting all their energy mm -hmm. where you look at North Carolina. They're not deep. They're only a seven man rotation, really. And they kind of like Duke were Duke was a seven man kind of rotation. And both of those teams went at it on Saturday. That was one of the all time classic uh, college basketball games with so much on the line. Like you coach K you got to probably walk by North Carolina and just say, my first loss was to North Carolina. My last home game was to North Carolina. Ooh. And then my last game in college coaching period was to Ooh, North Carolina. Yeah, but in this crazy though, he ended his career 50 and 50 against North Carolina. Mm. I was just like, you can write a different script. That's like, crazy. like that's just like it was destined. Yeah. Like, there's no bragging rights, it's just total respect. And um from that standpoint, and just thinking about that game that Saturday and how it ended with you know, just going punch for punch at the end, like and to North Carolina won that game. And I said, I said, when they won that game, I said, they have a chance to win a national championship, but will they have enough gas in the tank? Right. And when they came out in the first half, Kansas jumped on them. Yep. And then all of a sudden they rebounded. It was 22-22. And all of a sudden, you know, North Carolina goes on a 16-0 run. That's 38-22. Mm -hmm. And then Kansas mm -hmm. now, and I said, well, this game is a game of runs. I was like, they're going to get back in the game. So then all of a sudden they end up coming out of the second half and boom, they're going to seven Oh run just like that. They cut the lead almost in half. Yep. And 
And when you do that, and then when the North Carolina just still running down the court, running and gunning, I'm just like, slow the game down. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you're in the you you have a big lead. Slow the game down. You don't give Kansas a chance to get in the game if you start going too fast and you become gassed because you're already tired. You need to preserve some energy for the later part of the game. But they came out going so fast, almost like they was looking for the knockout. And they start turning the ball over. Yep. And when you start turning the ball over, Kansas started getting in it. And then they got hot. And that little number 11 just got hot. And number 10 got hot. And then those guys down down low, like I said, they talked about it. They came out a different football, a different basketball team. And when you talk about Kansas, they don't get a lot of respect that they deserve. Coach Self, is, Bill Self, is a great coach. He's a great and, coach. And They're the gets, winningest program in history. And they get undermined. Yes, and I don't every time. <laughs> And it goes to show you that there's so much hype around certain schools that teams that win consistently and 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 do it the way Kansas have been doing it, get they don't get the recognition and they get <laughs> overlooked. And then they win in but the hey, final four. sometimes it works in their favor. Yeah, so and they didn't win in the final four, and everybody be like, "How did Kansas win?" Yeah, like they've been good all year. Like they've been good for a long was, time. Yeah, there was a one seed, the only one seed that made it to the final four, yep. and. And like I said, North Carolina, let's give them a lot of credit. Let's give, you know, their head coach, Hubie, a lot of credit. Like, oh, yeah. Your first they, year, man? Hey, first year. And they started off the first year rocky. And then all of a sudden, the kids bought in. And we always talk about buying in to, to what the new coach wants. And you can't just hold on to the past. You got to buy into the new. They bought into the new. And yeah. once they got going, oh, man, they was rolling. They beat Baylor, who was a one seed. They yeah. beat Duke to get to the national championship. So they had to beat some teams and they had it. They could have won that game. I think they just ran out of gas, but Kansas, you know, they caught fire. They got hot and I respect what they've done all year. And, you know, congratulations to Kansas. But what a great final four. And, uh, you know, and that leads us to the masters this weekend. So, Hey, it's what it is. It's so fun. It it was really cool to be there. Um, Obviously new Orleans is, is a great city for any sporting event like that, but um, for such, you know, storied programs, all four of them, there were, I mean, there were 70,000 people in the Superdome for the games. I mean, it was, wow. it was such a fun environment and programs that are so rich in history and success. I mean, it was, it was exactly what you want in a final four. And then of course you add the layer of, of UNC Duke, but I will say one thing that we kept talking about after final four night heading into the championship the celebration that I witnessed from UNC when they beat Duke, I didn't think that they could get as hype for another game. That yeah. game was their national championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were yeah. so, I mean, people were throwing things in the air. It was elation for them. And that is not because they didn't care and didn't want an Addy. I am not speculating that at all. I'm just saying emotionally, right. Every, I mean, Auburn fans, think about if we're in the final four playing Bama and we beat them to go to a natty, come on, you know, like that's unbelievable. And so I think it had such an emotional component for them in the final four. I'm sure there was just like, you do, you get to a point where there's not as much left in the tank. Meanwhile, Kansas, they still had more. And so come second half, they kicked it up when UNC fell a little flat. So, um, it was wild. It was such a good game. I mean, Kansas had so many unbelievable, you know, players who 
they're not, you know, as, as prominent with the one and dones. Most of their starting mm-hmm. lineup were seniors, fifth year. Mitch Lightfoot was a sixth year. Like they have guys sure. who have been there so long. And so to see them finally get that title, um, it was it was really cool. But top to bottom, this year's tournament was unbelievable. And so of course you now start looking ahead to next season. Obviously the Tigers have been able to do that for the past couple of weeks, having uh, been knocked out of the tournament a little earlier, but recruiting continues and and hopefully we revamp and reload and are in a position to contest again next year. But of course we will be doing it without Jabari, not to anyone's surprise, but he did put out a video officially announcing his decision to declare for the NBA draft. So um, a one and done for him, but Look, guys like that are going to help us continue to recruit at a high level. So that's the hard part is you get so accustomed to to seeing a guy and you just want to see him develop. And it's almost like you go again, like we talk about spring football being an appetizer. Mm-hmm. We only got an appetizer, Jabari. I know. You know, the, Sharif too. The, right, right, Sharif too. Like, could you imagine what Sharif could have done for this basketball team this year from a point guard per se? Could you imagine him and Jabari on the same team? Exactly. And that's the thing about one and dones that hurts you a little bit because they're so talented. They come in and they give you so much and you just want to see them develop, but you only going to see them develop at the next level. Mm -hmm. And back in the day where guys was in school for like two and three years, you know, you had those, like you said, those huge basketball teams and tournament teams that the teams always looked at. You say, Oh yeah, they'll be back. They'll be back. They'll be back because you knew they was coming back. But once that rule changed and Mm -hmm. guys could actually go from either like, that's my whole thing. They might well just change it back. If you can go from high school to the pro, then a lot of kids to go from high school to pro. Right. Uh, because it's them going to college for one year, like, and they go, yes, they get the college experience for one year, but then they're still, they're gone. And now your program is still got to regroup again and try to find a replacement. And we did find a replacement this week. Uh, we got the a five-star recruit, the center, uh, that was committed to go into the LSU uh, has now decided he wants to come to Auburn. And right. if we can get the other kid and Bruce Pearl has landed two of the top 30 basketball players in the nation again. Right. So that would be great for our program. Uh, like I said, the fact that we have guys going out the door like Kessler and Jabari, now we can replace them with some other guys coming back in the door. Right. But my whole thing is we have got to get some consistently shooting guards. Yes, um, big time. If you watch the tournament, just like everybody else watched the tournament, the difference that separate our team from getting to the final four and other teams is the shooting. Yep. Like it's incredible the way these guys shoot the basketball. And, you know, we was built so much off priding ourselves off defense and defense and just beating people to the basket. But when it gets to the tournament, it also depends on who can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. and who gets hot but that's what made our run in 2019 was who can shoot the basketball oh, exactly. <laughs> brown and harper got hot yep. and the team just got energized and shoot we shot ourselves all the way to the final four mm-hmm. and uh so hopefully we can get that back and uh i can't go without saying we had a sec champion women's basketball team in south carolina mm-hmm. uh, i was a huge uh, I tell you, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a huge women's basketball supporter, yeah. especially in the, the college um, tournament. Like I watch the Stanford's and I watch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, South Carolina and UConn, UConn and Tennessee and all these girls teams. Uh, 
man, they play so hard. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my nephews, I say, guys, you can actually learn a lot more from watching a girls game about how they move the basketball and, and everything and how they play fundamental basketball compared to what the men do. The men sometimes is just, I'm going to try to out, 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 outlet you, mm-hmm. you know, with my athleticism, but women, they play smarter with their minds and, and everything. And that was a great game to and see them like, you know, I don't know where Coach Staley gets all these tall girls. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, they're all like 6'3", 6'4", 6'2". I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I didn't like, but, you know, credit to them. They won a national championship. Like I said, that was another great weekend. And, yeah, it was. And, uh, and so all of it's great. And like I said, we're going to miss Jabari. We're going to miss Kessler. I wish the season could have ended differently for these guys Same. because – they for one part of the year they was ranked number one for like three and a half weeks and mm-hmm. it just seemed like after that when they lost to Arkansas it just seemed like some air just kind of left out of the team I or something. totally agree. And we just didn't look the same from from that standpoint throughout the rest of the season. So you know we look forward to seeing what this team can do this all season and get themselves back in the position next year. Agreed, big time. One more uh, women's sport to actually get some love to and and it hits close to home. Uh, the gymnastics national championship yeah. will be happening April 14th through 16th in Fort Worth, Texas, and your Tigers have qualified. They are actually one of four SEC teams that qualify for nationals. The field is comprised of eight, so the SEC makes up 50% of the field, which is fantastic, just a testament to the strength of the conference, but Auburn was able to tally a 197-775 at the regional final to qualify for the national championship. Obviously, we talk about Suni Lee. Everyone wants to talk about Suni Lee. This girl is just incredible. The fact that she chose Auburn, she is loving being at Auburn. Again, only creates more hype for recruits to want to come and be a part of it alongside of her to follow in her footsteps. This is fantastic for the future of the program. But beyond her, man, Darian Goborn is killing it on floor, racking up tens left and right. Drew Watson has been someone who has been solid for this team for years, and you are already seeing strong freshmen. Sophia Groth, who's had a fantastic season. And so you you see the youth on this team as well and how it's going to grow. I mean, SUNY's only a freshman. So big, big things ahead for this gymnastics program and and hopefully they're able to, to compete at a high level at national championships. So uh, there are two semifinals and then the top two out of each of those go to the final for the final four. Um, in semifinal one, it's Oklahoma, Minnesota, Utah, and Alabama. In semifinal two, it will be us, Florida, Michigan, and Missouri. So everyone make sure you lock in. Again, that's April 14th through 16th. Major congratulations to the gymnastics team for getting where they are. And uh, we'll certainly keep our eyes on that as they head to Natty's uh, next week. The thing about Suni Lee is there is so much amount of pressure that was on her when she came to Auburn and then have to live up to that when everybody, every college station you go to and you're, you're performing at everybody's, even the opponent, all their eyes are on you. (laughs) Like all the fans show up to see you. Mm -hmm. And I think what her teammates have done has been outstanding because they have allowed her to be herself. And, and not only that, they have kind of fed off her energy. Yep. And I, I think she has kind of like helped unify uh, our gymnastics team to a point where they raised their ability 
And when they watch her and practice and, and things and they see the amount of pressure and how she deals with the pressure, I think it kind of relieved them to a standpoint to say, man, I got to set my goals higher. You know, like like watching what she do and how she do this, I can do this as well. And that's why I think you're seeing a lot of the other girls get tens and competing yep. at a high level because, you know, there's someone there that's a great example of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think, but you have to come into the mindset. And the reason I get her teammates credit is we live in a society where sometimes sometimes jealousy gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And instead of our teammates being jealous, they have bonded and they have wrecked up their play and their talents and everything. So kudos to this whole gymnastics team, especially out to the coaches as well, to keep this unit together and be in this position. Like you said, Florida won the SEC championship, but Auburn was so close. Yep. And I think, like you said, we can beat them in this round. I think it bodes well to give us an opportunity to to compete and, and hopefully win this thing. You never know. Holy cow. That would be insane. It's been such a crazy season and there is talent across the board, but also competing within the SEC all season prepares you well for, for postseason. So we're certainly excited for them and, and we'll be paying close attention to the national championship next weekend. But I think that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. Again, 8 a 1 p.m. Central. Jordan here, be there on Saturday. And uh, Jay and I will be able to, to recap it for you next week. Like I said, Jason's going to be down there, so he can give us a lot of insight coming off that one. And uh, we'll keep you updated on everything else happening around Auburn Athletics. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Pass it along to your friends. Share us on social media. The closer we get to football season, uh, we'll be cranking out a lot of good preview episodes, analysis episodes. So make sure you keep it locked. And uh, until we talk next week, we're Eagle. Where are you, everybody? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.